Welcome to the home of the brave. Maybach music. Rose. I'm so self-made. What you done? I can still count a meal without a money machine, nigga. Got on my darkest shades. This man is made. Inherit no riches. Jehovah's my witness. Physical fitness. Home economics. In the kitchen, digital scales producing the product. Cut the noose off my neck. Welcome, welcome to the No Clue Podcast, episode 111. Uh, quick, quick turnaround from uh, the recent games. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler. I'm Mike. All right. Let's get right into it, man. Yeah, we got to talk about the East first. Yes, we went into uh, a long discussion about this um, last podcast, and I feel like uh, we were both right and wrong. I yeah, like. I feel like both teams had a lot of positives and negatives in that first game. Okay, where do you want to start? Which team? Uh, let's start with the losing team. Let's start with Boston. Okay. Uh, what did you like? What didn't you like? I liked their uh, defensive rotations a lot. I think they covered guys pretty quickly. Um, their switches weren't great, but I think that they got out to a lot of shooters. Uh, even though Miami had a lot of threes, I think that they were pretty strategic in how they were getting out on the shots. Um, I think they covered the drives pretty well. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I liked anything on offense in particular, but uh, what uh, I didn't like, um, <clears throat> Kimba just played like garbage, man. I really don't know how yeah, else to say that. He's the really end. the biggest concern out of that first game. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about it is, like, uh, I can't imagine he's going to shoot the ball as poorly as he did. Yeah. But he's going to have to work on defense the whole series. Yeah. That's is. one thing. Miami gets him involved every time. And it's going to be hard for him to find a rhythm when he's having to work so hard at the other end. Right. And towards the end, I mean, when he got his spots... He did start getting a nice, you know, rhythm going. The step backs were going in. He had about, yeah, he made some big plays. Yeah, I think he had a pretty good percentage in the last, you know, in the overtime in the last little bit of the fourth. But the beginning, yeah, the offense wasn't there. And then he get, kept getting caught up under the basket of all places to be switched. I'm cool with him switching. Up top. Like, yeah, to the perimeter because he's a decent perimeter. He stays in front of guys on the perimeter. Yeah. But it, Inside, it was bad. There's no... Yeah, he, he can't do anything when Dragic is in the paint. Right. He can't do anything when, you know, he gets switched on to Jimmy Butler and he's, you know, right at the rim. Right. Yeah. What about yeah. you? What do you think? Positives? I, I liked... Initially, I liked the ball movement. Mm-hmm. But throughout the entire game, I felt like they weren't taking great shots. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of that was just Kemba playing bad or like Smart and Tatum kind of carrying the offense. But I thought it was just a lot of tough shot making. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that my initial worry was Boston lives and dies by their best players playing great. Mm-hmm. Miami doesn't have to die if their great players don't play that well. Right. And it kind of showed itself throughout the game, especially when 
Miami closed the gap, Boston was still taking tough shots. Yeah. While Miami was creating better and better looks as the game progressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, that, I mean, you know, the game was a toss-up. I thought the Celtics blew it. I thought Miami kind of blew the final, like, you know, 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so, it was it was a good opening game. But it's tough to analyze where this series is going to go from that game. No one had a clear advantage this game. Right. No one at all. Obviously, it went to overtime. You know, I didn't see... I didn't see any real carryover from the last series for either team, you know, as far as momentum. Um, uh, well, I, I'll say I got some for Miami, but the last thing I want to say for Boston specifically is I, you're right about their defense. Yeah. It's elite. Yeah, it's elite. Uh, yeah. Even with Kemba out there, the way they switch, the way they're locked in as a unit, uh, I was really concerned for Miami, especially early on. Right. Yeah, if uh, yeah, I mean, I I think we covered their biggest negatives pretty pretty well, and that is really the Kimba switching and the shots. They got to get more good shots, or you know, if Kimba just starts hitting the good shots he had, they probably would have yeah. had it a lot easier. Because at everyone who was getting good shots, I mean, Kimba had the most good shots and just missed them. Yeah, a lot of his shots just didn't. Yeah, they just weren't dropping. Yeah. And to me, the only thing I could really see for, you know, take away from that is he had to work really hard the whole game. Yeah, he did. Uh, and one other thing for Boston is they can't, they're not going to be able to win multiple games with only two out of the four guys playing well. And I thought Jalen Brown in the second half really had no impact for them. He, he had some pretty timely threes, but as far as... You know, but he wasn't really creating shots for them like I expect him to usually. Right. Yeah. He had to get shots created for him. Yeah. A lot and more that second half. And Boston kind of fell apart where it was kind of Kemba's show or Tatum's show. Mm-hmm. And then Smart was kind of too aggressive, which I expected after that first quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because Kemba was playing so bad, Smart had to be super aggressive. Yeah, or they wouldn't have been in the game if Smart didn't, you know, if he didn't take those two transition right. threes, you right. know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you completely. And honestly, I think Smart is going to continue to get those shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think, you know, just watching that first game, even I would rather die from Smart hitting shots than Tatum and Kemba hitting shots, or even Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I thought... Oh, go ahead. Like Boston did a good job finding Smart when he was open early on. Mm-hmm. And then Smart just had to be great the rest of the game after that. And the thing is, I think Kimba, how Kimba shot forced them, like you said, it forced them to play probably harder than they had to. Right. But the next game, I think the adjustments on either side may make or break a team. Like if Boston That's adjusts fair. too much... They might get blown out, and if Miami adjusts too much, if they mess around and like really play smart harder, and Kimba's shot comes back, they might get blown out. So I mean, yeah, Boston got to be a little more disciplined because there were there were lapses at times, especially in important moments. Mm-hmm. I thought Miami in the late third quarter got some like back cuts that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah, uh, they did. 
And again, like their offense, even though the Celtics did a good job for most of the game, it felt like Miami was getting more and more comfortable throughout the game. Yeah. Uh, but some of that was Miami, so let's get into them a little bit. Mm-hmm. You go first this time. So Miami, one thing they carried over for them is Crowder's hot shooting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's becoming an elite 3 and D. Like, and yeah. the 3 might be the more capital of the two. Yeah. Yeah. And Crowder, when Crowder's hitting shots, like you said, he's an elite player. And he made defensive plays for them in the fourth quarter in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was huge. I mean, they won the game off of a defensive play, but... I thought Crowder's shooting gave them a, a nice boost. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, their bench didn't kind of take over or their depth didn't really take over. Mm-hmm. But what their depth did is it kept them in the game even when they were playing poorly. Yeah. Uh, like, I thought Olenek saved a number of possessions. I thought Igadala made some nice plays for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Harrow was... Tyler Harrow was showing the, his whole game in that first game he looked like an elite sixth man that game yeah and part of it was because i mean he was getting some crazy um he was getting really good looks at the basket on kimba a lot yeah. of times that one um he was coming through the middle and then faked like he was going to the three-point line and went back door kind of yeah i mean that was like it was so, he had a run at that moment of like four or five really good looks or plays yeah mm-hmm the other thing that carried over for me is is Jimmy Butler's just insanely clutch play. Yeah, it almost didn't though. I mean, I thought it wouldn't. It looked like he wasn't <laughs> even gonna try. I don't even think he wanted to take that three that he hit. <laughs> it really didn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah, he hit but, big shots, but he didn't. I didn't see the uh, autonomous takeover that I was expecting or hoping for, at least. Yeah, and it felt like Miami needed it. Yeah, and he uh, wasn't it, there at first. It really was kind of odd. I thought, I thought Harrow saved the game for them when he hit that like one pump fake, uh, and they just pulled it anyway. Yeah, that was big, uh, which big, big. cut it to I think two at that point when Boston was up five. Yep. Uh, and that was just that took the the soul of the Celtics for a second. Yeah. Uh, but it just it was weird because their offense. As I said, it took a while to wake up, mm-hmm. and then even when it woke up, it would go for certain stretches where it just wasn't good. Yeah. And I thought a lot of that was Adebayo and, and Butler just weren't really aggressive for a big chunk of the game. Mm-hmm. I thought both of them kind of drove to, to make plays for other guys too much. Yeah. Uh, and... Again, like it worked out for them because Crowder hit a number of shots. Harrow played well. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them playing like that moving forward. Yeah, and that was my, when you asked me last time, that was my biggest fear. I didn't think that those guys, I I said that the balance, they would need the balance this game. Because those guys, I mean, sometimes they step up, especially Jimmy. Sometimes he doesn't. And Bam, it's like Bam has to be either really in the offense or like really rebounding. But there's like nothing in between. Yeah. If he plays the in between game like he did, he's just not there. And Tice played really good D this game. I mean, he yeah. obviously had some costly fouls, but 
overall, I mean, I, I think Tice is a good defender for Bam. Because Tice doesn't mind, he doesn't mind banging. He doesn't mind getting hurt on every rebound. You know, he's one of those guys that... I agree, yeah. He doesn't mind getting thrown out the game either, so... Yeah, so this was a tough game to kind of favor either team coming out of it. Yeah. Uh, but again, Miami's just overall roster, I thought, looked superior. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And I. And it's hard for me to imagine the Celtics ever as a team looking better than Miami. That's fair to say. And I, I think, I mean, I, I agree with that, I think, the other day. Um because I, I do think Miami, you know, probably top five in depth in the league. And Boston just isn't that. But, you know, it's it's the top, the top of the, yeah. the line that is there. Um, it was just weird. Like, again, Boston played good defense with one exception that I forgot to mention. And that was Dragic. He was eating. It, it seemed like they guarded everybody well. But when it came to Dragic, they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. And it's weird to me because Dragic, as far as how he scores, is very predictable. Yeah. I mean, I'll give him credit. He's been hitting, like, contested shots better than I remember him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he still does the same kind of bully left side drives. Uh, he still kind of, you know, seeks contact. And a lot of the time, especially in the first half, it looked like they didn't guard him that way. Mm-hmm. Like as if the scouting report was run him off the line, which I didn't really understand. Yeah. And that played a huge portion in, there was a lot of stretches where it felt like the Celtics were about to start blowing them out. And then Dragic would get a couple layups. Right. Or Dragic would get some free throws. In the second half, a lot of the time it was free throws. He was sliding right into their momentum often. Yeah, and it just felt too easy. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he hit some tough shots early on, and then he just started getting layups, and it was frustrating because I thought Boston should have locked this game. Yeah. Boston had, like, three different opportunities to put them away, and they didn't relax, but they just kind of slipped up in certain ways. Right. But again, you got to credit Miami for taking advantage of that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's one thing that separates contenders from the some of the first round teams is even when they play bad, they could remain in the game. Mhm. And that's what they did. Yep. I don't have anything else to add to that. Yeah, man. I'm uh, this series is going to be very interesting. It is. Like I said, I think that the adjustments for the next game will be really uh, interesting to see, you know, who adjusts, who over-adjusts, and who doesn't adjust enough. Right. I think um, I think that's going to be... I don't think the next game is going to be close. At least, it may be close, but it's going to be hard for it to be close. Maybe like a, you know, down 16 going into the second half and catch up kind of close. Yeah, but the way these teams kind of struggle at times makes it makes me think that there's going to be a lot more close games than I thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, And especially how these teams kind of let leads slip up. Yeah. Uh, And and I think for Miami, some of that is just youth because they do play a lot of young guys. I mean, you know, Kendrick Nunn, they're just, they're just letting him be a trash can out there. (laughs) 
He is absolutely terrible, man. It's crazy because he's been playing that way. It's crazy because he's getting good minutes and giving them. You know, he's playing for the other team practically. Yeah. And then Duncan Robinson was pretty awful for a lot of the game, and Spolster was getting mad at him for not shooting more. Like I said, that's why I singled him out. <laughs> First quarter, I mean. But that's that's what surprised me is. Duncan Robinson came out and you put Tyler Harrow in, which is, is an upgrade. Yeah. And to me, like Spolstra at one point got really mad that that Robinson didn't take a shot, but it wasn't a good shot. Robinson didn't take any good shots. No, nah, he really didn't. And and Boston again, they're good enough to just not allow him to get clean looks. Mm-hmm. But this is why I trusted Miami. Is I didn't think you know they don't need Robinson's contributions. No, they don't. Definitely not. Especially with Crowder shooting the ball the way he has been. Yeah. Yep. Um. I I don't, I don't have anything else to add to that. You, do yeah. You, you got anything else to say? No, man. I like I said, I'm excited about this series. Uh, it's it's a toss up at this point. Yeah, it is. It's really. I mean, that was. Although there's been close games, there's been double overtime, I think this game was one of the most competitive games I saw. And that was because, um, I mean, it seemed like they were matching each other yeah, for better and for worse. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, credit to Adebayo for the block. Big, big, big Because he really did. He played, I thought he played awful for most of the game. I, I sent you a number of messages complaining about how lazy and sleepy he looked out there. Yeah. Uh, but man, when he when they needed him most, he pinned it. Yeah, that was big, really big. Because I really was like, man, he looks late. Like in the moment, I'm like, Tatum got it. Like he's there, he's early. Like <laughs> Adebayo looks slightly late. Yeah. And, and you see the block. I mean, if Tatum was maybe a little bit stronger, he might have muscled that in. It would have been tough. He uh, had to be it, higher. Yeah, but but Adebayo there. just pinned it, man. Yeah. And kept it in bounds too, which is just huge. Yeah. I think um a lot of the Boston the Boston top guys really just played, you know, pretty good. Other than I think Smart played really good and the rest of them were just pretty good. Which I, yeah. I think I think that will be something um to watch out for because I definitely one of them is gonna have a big game in yeah, seven I, I games. Think- Something to keep an eye out on is it's Tatum's like close late game shot selection. Yeah, because I thought he settled a number of times, especially on that last regulation shot. The Derrick Jones one. Yeah. It's terrible. I was I was really disappointed with that one. <laughs> I really think, I mean, we talked about it, but Kimba easily could have got that shot off. Right. Easily. So. And Kimba hit that one super tough three uh, on Crowder at one point. Yeah. Uh, right in his eye. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, Kimba, he's here, but, you know, he's just not all the way here. Yeah. So. It's weird. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens next game. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, I'll play a little bit of a gym uh, while we break up the two games because I yes. think we're going to spend a long time on the next we got game. got a lot to say about next game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This is uh, this is a song called Yes by Gio Varn. 
Y'all know you one of the best. Stay with my chest, I don't do under my breath. Look me in my eyes, love and I'm fucking your neck. Keep my name alive, pack that shit under your breast. I'm a real street nigga, just happen to be singing this. You got some friends just looking so dusty, please bring him in. Please don't tell me nothing about luck or we winning. If you know how we living, then you know how we really on the grind. On the grease, killing it for time, man, fucking up the street. You can take a trip to my ends, fuck with me and my gang. All I need is time, man, watching you will see, you will see. When I go, you will never find me, I leave them. Ghost, if they ever tried me, I was rolling around with my heart in my sleep, but now I'm cold. That December, if she asked me if I wanted, yes, 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 yes. She said, I don't hear this is for me, yes, 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 yes. I know sometimes you might get lonely, yes, 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 oh yes, oh yes. And if she asked me if I wanted, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, Javon. I'm getting ready to leave now. What's the address? And let everyone know, yeah, to cancel work tomorrow. I'm gonna be popping bottles all night. All I wanna hear is yes. Baby, let me come and slide in it Going crazy, so maybe I lost my mind in it Wanna give it up to me, yeah, she ain't hiding it If she give it up to me, no, I'ma dive in it She don't wanna speak, she just wanted a D She wouldn't be a freak if it wasn't for me Come and give me some of the love I've been missing If you know how we living, then you know how we really on the grind on the grease, killing it for time, man, fucking up the street You can take a trip to my ends, fuck with me and my gang All I need is time, man, watching you will see, you will see When I go, you will never find me, I leave them ghosts If they ever tried me I was rolling around with my heart in my sleep And now I'm cold, that December Then she asked me if I wanted Yes, 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 yes She said I don't let it Yes by Gio Varn. I think I'm saying that right. All right. Uh, let's get into it, man. <laughs> Got to start with Denver. <laughs> There's a ton of stuff to get into with the Clippers, but uh, we got to start with Denver has arrived. They have. I, uh, well, we both have been saying it. Um, We've been for about two years. I don't know how long have you been on them, but for about two years I've been saying that they're they're like right there, but not quite there yet. I remember um, when we first started the pod, I was saying, you know, they're like the small version of the Warriors to me. Really young. Yeah. Everyone on the team can hit threes. I mean, everybody, yep. except for Plumlee. Everyone else can hit threes. They're all threats. Um, man, what a what a playoffs. Even if it ended this series, what a playoffs for them. They it yeah. played great. I also... All this year, I remember us talking, and I told you I think Jamal Murray could easily be an elite point guard. He yep. just 
just not aggressive. And you see what happens when he gets aggressive. He goes crazy. He did, man. And he was he just got in that zone and he just got a bunch of good looks and, and I mean, the fact that he's getting great looks in game 7 is a problem, but he he to his credit, man, he was hitting shots. Yeah, he was. And he was he early on he was kind of messy, which he has been throughout most of the series. But when he just settles down and is just aggressive, yep. the Nuggets are a much better team. Yeah. And one other thing for them is they're finding one criticism we've had, especially I think either last episode or maybe the episode before, uh, is they force the two-man game. Yeah. And they're starting to get better at kind of spreading it out to everybody Mm-hmm. And then, oh, Murray or Jokic or both got it going, so we're playing through them. Yeah, and they're also doing a better job at the two-man game not being the only option on the play. Because yes. I've seen, I saw Murray use the two-man, use the screen, and then, you know, do the Steve Nash under the basket kick out, and it'd yeah. be a three. I saw him do it three or four times last yep. game. And you know what they also did is, Instead of and the reason we've called it two man game is because they just kind of toss the ball to each other, yeah, and see who can make something happen. It's like four handoffs. Yeah, <laughs> they got away from that and they actually ran pick and rolls. Yeah, like Jokic did. would roll, Murray would hit him, and Jokic would just you know have the the binoculars out seeing everything. Yeah, and he made a lot of plays from that as well. Right, and. Again, I mean, Will Barton's not even back for this team. They're not even full strength. Yeah, they, they're crazy. in this unique... Uh, I think Denver and Miami are the two maybe only teams that can lose like a number of guys and still keep the team about the same strength. And they have guys that can contribute that they don't even play. Right. I mean, we saw P.J. Uh, Dozier have great... Right. I mean, they even have Noah Vonley on the roster, who, you know, I don't think is great, but I've seen him contribute to teams. He's not a bad NBA player. Right. And, I mean, they don't even need him. It's crazy. Yeah. And and Mike Malone is, you know, he's taken a while, but it's looking like he's getting more comfortable with the team. Yeah. He's kind of starting to make certain adjustments, uh, certain substitutes that I, I like especially these last several games. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, they're they're looking complete right now. And um, one other thing, one quick shout out, uh, Monty Morris played oh, yeah. great. Yep. And the thing is, he's not, I don't consider him one of the best backup point guards, but he's like a really good just backup guard to have on your team. Like, I think he's really good because they have so many guys on the team that can make plays. Yeah. I mean, Millsap can bring the ball up court and get an assist. It happens all the time. And I think Morris really um, benefits from that because I don't know if he'd be like a floor general with n- none of the other playmakers in there. But how they have him in the role he's in, he is great. He's playing amazing. Yeah. I, I also think there uh, Gary Harris is getting more and more comfortable yeah, he had a he was out for how many games? A long time. Yeah, and he's had nagging injuries a lot. Yeah. Uh, but one thing he's starting to, especially this like game seven, he was making aggressive drives. Yes. 
And early on when he came back, he was he kind of acted like he could only spot up. Yep. Uh, but now he's slashing. He's he's cutting back door, getting layups. So yeah, he the looks- Nuggets are a, a premier Western Conference contender now. Yeah. So and yeah. no matter, I don't care if they get swept by the Lakers. They're coming into next season as one of the two best teams in the Western Conference. And they're not getting swept. And, yeah, it's – I mean, that's – that would be insane. Yeah. And, but I'm with you. They they look um, they look elite. And it's kind of crazy. Like, it's not even like they need anyone else. It's just that – it's just about who can really, like, improve next. Because I've seen so much improvement from every player. Even Jokic has improved big time. He's lost weight. I mean, he's yeah. hitting more threes. He has that signature one-foot shot now. Uh, Murray's improved. He's becoming a slightly better playmaker. I mean, we knew he torched us for Canada a couple of times. So we yeah. knew he was a scorer. But all the other stuff, the ball handling, you know, leading a team as a, you know, with leadership, actual leadership. Yeah. Um, he's a lot more vocal, a lot more encouraging, even when he's not playing well. Yeah. And, and Grant, I mean, this is Grant's this is first year on the team. I mean, um, Grant's doing the same thing Crowder is doing. He's not shooting obviously as well, but he's becoming an elite like three slasher and D kind of guy. Yeah, and he's. I mean, and you got to watch your back on the boards because he's he's putting it on it. your head for <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, Millsap has settled into a role yes. of like I'm here, but I don't have to do anything kind of thing. Which is great for yeah. him. Um, I can't Millsap, think of- Millsap, the last couple games, like he he felt the time when he needed to be aggressive, which I really like. Yeah, he did. Because usually a lot of his shots are just like messy, like forced shots. Mm-hmm. But I thought these last several games he's been patient and waiting for kind of defense to open him shots. Yeah, patient is a great word for it. He hit some. I mean, he had some really nice corner looks yeah. that he that were really makeable. All his shots were completely makeable. Yeah, and he doesn't. And I do thought that the game. Time. I started getting very concerned when he hit those back-to-back threes. Yeah, and the game was nowhere near over at that point. No, it wasn't. But yeah. th- at that point, the momentum was just all on Denver's side. Yep. Yep. But now, uh, enough, you know, we could give Denver so much credit, and I can't wait to see what they do against the Lakers. Yep, and we've, we've given them enough credit all season. We really I mean, uh, AD versus Jokic is going to be a, a really cool battle. Yeah, I'd like uh, to see who Grant guards. I, I, I would imagine gonna Grant's going to take the LeBron assignment. Think so? Not Millsap? Millsap has, has done it in the past. I'm just asking. Yeah. I think Grant should, but I've seen Millsap – Step up on LeBron. And Mil- I think Millsap will at times, but I would I would like more Grant. Mm-hmm. I don't mind Millsap, you know, with the second unit or maybe a unit where Grant isn't out there, or maybe if Grant gets in foul trouble. Yeah, but I want Grant to be the primary guy. The other thing is, it depends which LeBron is playing for me. Is it ball handling LeBron or is well, it? Well, that's yeah, that's that's what the series is going to come down to. <laughs> yeah, or is it post? You know power forward LeBron then I would probably rather have Millsap down there but yeah it it is going to come down to that um all right let's go Clippers but I mean where to start 
where to start? <laughs> for, for the record, this is much worse than what happened to Golden State. Oh, yeah. This is like, to me, the people comparing it to, oh, like, KD's done it and, and Steph has done it. No, 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 no. This wasn't... This wasn't blowing a 3-1 lead. This was exposing how flawed the team is. One one other um one other thing I keep hearing is and I'm I looked this up just so I could break this point before you get too deep about the other teams that have done it. The Lakers and the Suns. People keep bringing that up for some reason. I've heard everyone on the news bring it up. Right, right. The Lakers were the 7 seed. They were the underdogs that year. Yep. I mean, wasn't Nash MVP that year? Yep. So, uh, <laughs> it's not comparable. It's ludicrous, the comparisons I'm hearing. So, you're going to say the Lakers, just because they have Kobe, they were the seventh seed, and they lost 3-1 to the MVP Suns, who were the two seed. You're going to compare that to the actual, basically the opposite? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the excuses have, have been, they've been attempted to be thrown around. Right, there's no MVPs in this series. And the only, <laughs> there was a finals MVP. <laughs> there's a defensive player of the year. Dude, two times. the Clippers were, fav- they were the considered top two team in the league. Exactly. There's no, there's no excuse for this. There's no ex- explanation other than a complete collapse. Right, and most teams only chalk all their losses to load management, basically. I mean, I mean most people uh, throughout the season, the only reason they weren't number one to people is because they just didn't play some games, plain and simple. Yep. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know where I want to start because there's so, uh, so much. Let's start with Paul George. Okay. Is he ever going to have, like, an, a media session where he doesn't say soft, whack shit? <laughs> I don't think so. Because, like, Paul George can't just come out and say, we suck, I sucked. Mm-hmm. Pa- Paul George has to make it clear, oh, we didn't have any expectations this season. Really, PG? Really, Playoff P? Yeah, what does that even mean? You had no, You were the favorite to come out the West... As soon as the roster was put together. Yeah. As soon as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were acquired, we were singing praises that this team is going to annihilate the league. Yeah. The expectation was this is the best team in the league, nothing else. This is They're better than my uh, Le- LeBron and company. They're better than Milwaukee. They're, this team is complete. Yeah. Where? What are they complete at? <laughs> complete garbage. <laughs> Dude, they literally, I have nothing positive to, to say about their game seven. Nothing. I don't either. Jamichael Green's play. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Your your eighth best player had a good game. N- he's nice. He's had a good playoffs. The whole playoffs. He's been he's, shooting he's, amazing. He's had a good year. Yeah. He's had like a, almost a resurgence year, even though he was never good. But it's just he's this just is playing his best well. Year for sure, right? Yeah. But Career my year. God, playoff P, are you kidding me, dude? We praise 
We've praised Paul George for being a complete player. A lot. And I'm going to get on Kawhi for not being that. I'm going to get on Lou Will for forgetting how to do anything but score. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Slow down. Right. But, but Paul George, we praise you as one of the elite all-around players in the league. You're not shooting the ball well. You can't get a stop. You can't you can't not foul. It's one thing for me to say, Gary Harris, you need to stop fouling cuz the Nuggets need you out there for defense. But for for me to have to say, Paul George, why are you just hacking guys? After both of us have on numerous occasions actually considered him the best defender in the league at times. Exactly. Dude, why are you hacking guys like your Patrick goddamn Beverly? Yeah. It's one thing for Beverly to throw away his fouls. He doesn't play that much. Right. But Paul George has the audacity and to... That's, that's what you want from Beverly. Right. If he's not fouling, I don't want him in the game. Right. <laughs> Go ahead. But for Paul George to stay in foul trouble all game and then just shoot the game away in the fourth quarter like he's Russell Westbrook... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, uh, come on. Hitting the side of the backboard, they double you, so you throw it straight to Denver? It wasn't the side. It was the top right corner. <laughs> <laughs> like, it hit right on the corner. Like, you dead-ass slipped out your hand, even though you wide open, you just bricked three other shots, and you still have don't have enough rhythm to not, like, hit the top of the backboard? The shortest three on the court. <laughs> Dude, I mean, Paul George, I said Paul, he, playoff P cannot show up to this game. That's what I told you for the last two days. Yeah. Or as soon as game six ended, that was my first thought. As Nick Wright calls him way off P. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Paul George's fourth quarter is a stain on his career that he will never be able to clear out. No, he won't. Never. He'll have to play like he'll have to almost play MVP level like throughout the playoffs for him for me to ever yeah. forget. And this. and I never want to hear him speak again. He's up there with Kyrie for me. Like Second. dude, playing like garbage should entitle you to be quiet, not to speak and say nonsense. And just or like, just say you play like garbage, and that's exactly fine. exact. Siakam, as soon as the series ended, Siakam said, "I needed to be better." Yeah, Kimba even said yesterday he's playing like trash. Right. And he said the last three games I've played terrible, and that's I mean that's fine. You know when I played in high school and even you know at St Andrews, I was one of the guys that if I played bad, I like you saw me play bad. I'm not gonna talk about it. What do we need to talk about it for? You right. saw me play bad. I know I played bad. All right, let's move on. One that's thing, fine. One thing, like, usually if you lose a close game, the guys who played well kind of like to like to talk about what went wrong. Yeah. When you play bad, as a player, like, it is disrespectful to your team to try to question other issues of the team when you played like garbage. Right. Why are you focused on other problems when you don't even know how to make a shot? There is a point where even as a leader, the well, as a leader specifically, there is no we anymore. Like, how many times did you? How many times have you seen Kobe say we at all? Not just on the court, 
But after the games, if something went wrong, it was no we. Right. I should have scored win, more points. When they win, it's always we. Right. And when you lose, as the best player, that's your responsibility. Yeah, it is. Because if you if you have the capability, and I'll use Kobe again, if Kobe has the capability to get 80 and he only scored 30 and they lost, he should just say, you know what, I should have got 80. Plain and simple, I should have scored more. And that's it. And I think, feel like everyone on the planet would be like, yeah, Kobe probably could have scored more. And the same thing with George. I should have played better defense and I should have hit some shots. We all saw, and that's fine. Right. Just state the obvious. You don't have to go through the team and the expectations of the team and the coaching and, you know, all this ball movement. It was there. You were open. (laughs) You're getting good looks, Paul George. Like, what more do you want? (laughs) Where is the ball supposed to go? You had five turnovers. Stop passing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And his turnovers were disgusting. They were like the Russell Westbrook, James Harden. was crazy. Way over his head. <laughs> yes. And then they doubled him at one point. And at this point, it's like late in the game. It's almost, it's pretty much a blowout already. It's over. And they like, they send this like pathetic double team at him. And he throws it right to Jamal Murray. Yeah, he did. I, I was, I was like, man, like. Kawhi Leonard has disappeared, but the way Paul George is playing, I would have rather Paul George disappeared. I will say one thing in his defense. One tiny thing. This is what happens when as a coach or as a team, you don't fully establish who the leaders are. I, How Paul George has acted this whole playoffs, I would not think he was a leader on the team. And he might not be. And Nothing about Paul George's character has ever told me he's a good leader. Right, but I'm saying the team doesn't think he's a good leader. It, sometimes, like, Kyrie is not a good leader, but at times the team at least acted like he was. And that's fine. That's better than nothing. But it's like the team doesn't respect anything Paul George has to say about the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, this is that's really bad from a coach's perspective. And just from the overall team chemistry when someone who is clearly... I feel like everyone in the basketball world would acknowledge that Paul George should be a, a leader on the team. Yes. But I don't think anyone on the team feels that way. Not one. So, and then you get these answers like this. Like, he answered like, I shouldn't even be answering stuff because I'm not the leader. That's what it, that's what it read to me every time I heard him say something. It was like, well, you know... I'll answer this how I should, but no one has... I haven't talked to the team enough to even give a team answer. He didn't sound yeah. like he was answering for the team. He sounded like he was a fan like everybody else watching the game. Right. So, you know, I think that's... It's really not in his defense, but it's a bigger issue than just Paul George's bad answers. Because well, I think let's it's, talk about that. Because to me, the biggest culprit here is Doc Rivers. Because, again... This is where you could tell it's Doc Rivers. It's one thing if if it was a close game or even if it was a blowout because Kawhi played like garbage mm-hmm. or just Paul George played like garbage or just Lou Will played like garbage. Yeah. Not everything was awful. Yeah. Even the everything. substituting, even the substituting was awful. Dude, you're it's like he's trying to make Reggie Jackson play like garbage. 
it does seem that way because he only puts him in there to like almost ruin his <laughs> reputation. Like exactly. he puts him in there when they're in like opposite. They're on the low end, the bad side of the momentum. Yes, and, like Reggie's Dude, supposed it, to come in there and change something. Yes, uh, there was a stretch where Pat Bev took like three to four shots, and yeah. I let you know that that was disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and they threw Reggie Jackson out there, and it felt like Doc Rivers said, you know, Pat Bev is getting shots. I want a better player getting those shots. So I'm going to throw out Reggie Jackson. <laughs> but Reggie Jackson is a good player. Reggie Jackson knew I shouldn't be the one forcing shots out here. Right. And, and Doc, oh you know, my God, shot, three right? games. And let me stick to Doc here because, like I said, everything in Game 7 was awful. Yeah. Dude, there was, I think, three instances when the Nuggets would go on a big run, the Clippers would hit one shot to maybe stop the run or maybe slow it down. Uh, Again, the Nuggets just went on a huge run. So one shot doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. After this one shot, a timeout gets called, usually by Denver. Doc Rivers is clapping his hands, encouraging guys as if they're waking up. Doc, hello, you're losing. Doc, you're losing control of the game. Hello, adjustment, sub, timeout. He's sitting there clapping his fucking hands, telling us the same shit. We got to move the ball. We got to play free. We got to get good shots. Doc, what have you done to make any of that happen? Yep. Nothing. Remember when the coaches said... <laughs> I mean, the ref said... <laughs> yes! Yeah, call it a time. Yes! It. Dude, that was the first one. I was like, oh my God, they're killing you, Doc. And Doc's like, I didn't call a timeout. And starts clapping his hands like, let's go, guys. Let's wake up. The ref's like, are you sure, Doc? <laughs> Exactly. We're, We're watching this. <laughs> exactly. I was like, dude, Denver is taking over this game. How can you clap your hands in a like an encouraging manner? Yeah. It blew my mind. They're just the whole coaching, the whole Clippers coaching staff in this game sat there and looked brain dead. I heard people saying Sam Cassell's future is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ty Lue's future should definitely be questioned after this. I agree. I mean, this this coaching staff is in its entirety should be questioned after this. You should question anyone who believes in Doc Rivers' coaching <laughs> after this. Because, again, like I said, every every player's flaws got exposed in this series. Let me ask you one thing. Um, where do you stand on the, like, starting Zubash just to take him out? <laughs> Like, before the first quarter is even halfway and, like, never put him back in. Well. The Lakers get away with it with JaVale, but. is different because, like, that's kind of his role. Like, JaVale's role is for the Lakers to start off big. Yeah. But, like, Zubac doesn't, doesn't make the Clippers big. <laughs> right. And, and I want to save their defense for last because that's where I'm, I really want to get into size. Yeah. Uh, but it just... He can't guard Jokic. He's not disciplined enough not to foul. Mm-hmm. So, to me, like... 
it wasn't really that part of it wasn't Doc's fault because he was getting in foul trouble every time. No, I'm saying they did this all season. I'm asking you, where do you stand on like that that thing? Like, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Okay. Okay. Uh, because it kind of adds depth. Because Zubac is a capable player, mm-hmm. so even playing him in limited minutes, you kind of get a little bit more depth, especially with all their injuries. It was kind of needed for them. Yeah. Uh, so that that's I don't mind that. Okay, I'm, I was just curious because that that's been like a obviously the Lakers, the Clippers, a couple other teams do it, but I was just wondering about the trend. I think it's kind of weird just starting someone for basically no reason. Yeah, the, obviously the Lakers pull it off much better because they do it with Dwight in kind of a different way. Yeah, and they also they also play to what they need. Like right. Zubac, it doesn't matter what the other team has; he's still not coming in. But like right. the Lakers. They may play, you know, like, I can't think of a team off the top of my head, but, like, if they played the Pelicans with Davis and Boogie, JaVale would be out there. I mean, you saw it with the Rockets. As soon as they needed to bench McGee and Dwight, they didn't sniff the floor. Right, they just didn't. And the Lakers the Lakers look like they've been doing that all year. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but to me, back to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I want to save Kawhi uh, towards the end. Yeah. Because uh, you, you got a lot to say about that. Okay, Patrick Beverly is is not an NBA guard. Let, let's let's acknowledge what it is. Patrick Beverly is not a lockdown defender. He's he's a guy you throw out to strap Monty Morris. He's a guy you throw out to strap Duncan Robinson. Yeah, he's an. He's a guy you throw out. Maybe he'll strap. Uh, he could strap. Who's the Indiana's? Uh, the- T.J. McConnell. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh huh. But he's he obviously not can't a guy. Strap Trey Burke. Right. Or, or Seth Curry. Right. But Pat Bev is not a guy you throw out on elite NBA players for for seven game series. Right. And the problem is, you know, Denver's three deep on that. Right. And and the problem is he's 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 gar- garbage on offense. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't care. Roberson makes shots. Doesn't mean he's a shooter. Yeah, they basically play four. They basically play three on five on offense. Really. Yeah, he I mean, he does a good job crashing for the boards, but again, systematically, point guards crashing for rebounds fuck up your defense if they don't get them. Mm-hmm. So to me, like his hustle a lot of the time is a negative for them. Right. And basketball IQ isn't there. Uh, he's he's a hack machine, obviously, because he's too small. And he also ends up hacking the best player on the other team. So it's like right. easy free throws. Right. He, he goes out there and hacks Dame, like the fourth best free throw shooter in the league. You know, it's like right. people he hacks doesn't help you either. Right. To me, to me, if Doc has any sense, and I'm questioning whether he does or not, Patrick Beverly will not be in the rotation next year. At all? None. Not at all. Why? <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, why Why do I need a guy to strap Monty Morris? Right. It, it, if well, he's doing nothing offensively. This is the other... This is another reason why I asked about Zubac, because, like I said, they played three on five. They're, like, they're three... You know, Morris, Kawhi, and um, Paul George is, like, all they use on either end sometimes. And it's it's kind of crazy... I don't know why you start a game three on five and then later on bring in guys who don't know how to play team basketball. Like, that's the weirdest thing. 
he comes in like we start three on five. Okay, let's force it. Paul George, Kawhi, you guys get your shots off. Try to get other people's shots. Okay, let me bring Lou so no one else gets shots. Like it doesn't make sense. You know what doesn't make sense to me about their offense, and I noticed uh, with pretty much every other team in the playoffs except maybe Houston, when when a team runs plays, it's to get guys good shots. Right. The Clippers, a lot of the time, run plays just to get Paul George the ball. Right. Or they run a play just to get Kawhi Leonard the ball. Mm-hmm. Or Lou Will. Right. And it's like, again, this goes back to Doc. Like, you keep wanting them to move the ball, but this isn't pickup basketball. Right. And I'm going to get into why what you said you know, who gets the ball on those kind of plays is detrimental. Yes. Yes. So go ahead. And and there's no need to, uh, I guess last thing we could talk about is, I mean, Lou Will, you might as well have opted out if you didn't want to play, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you forgot how to pass the ball. You, you gave up trying to play defense clearly. Uh, and you didn't, you didn't even take a single good shot in this series to me. No. I mean, his only good shots were like Denver's miscommunications or Denver's breakdowns. Right. And to me, like Lou Will, you clearly, you know, by your actions, you the priority wasn't getting the title this in the bubble. Right. So it's like, you might as well stay at home, bro. Yeah, I agree. Let, let me say one thing about Lou. <clears throat> in February, before COVID started, this is February 9th. Uh, 25 and 5. Next game, he had 13. Next game, he had 35. Next game, he had 24. Uh, then towards, you know, March, 24, 17, 14. Then, uh, you know, I, I guess this is bubble, 18, 23, 14, 23. Uh, and that's Dallas. 36 in the last game against Dallas. Uh, well, the last good game against Dallas. Since then, 8, 5, 10, 13, 10, 12, 4, 14, and 7. That's his points. He hasn't had a 20-point game. I mean, he's only since had... Since that one, since the Luka Doncic game-winner game. He's had two 20-plus games in the playoffs. The whole playoffs. Just two. It was 23 and 36. Like I said, he could have stayed home. <laughs> and he's supposed to be, you know, your go-to guy off the bench. He's supposed to be your go-to third scorer. Yeah, and and again, back to Doc, uh, you know, you it looked like they were just giving Lou Will the ball and Doc was getting mad because Lou Will wasn't scoring. Yeah. Like, dude, Lou Will isn't carrying you through a seven-game series. Lou Will is carrying your second unit for four to five minutes. Right, Max. Like the, right, and you got this talent, and for some reason, everything Lou Will gets a sh- every time Lou Will gets the ball, everybody just moves out the way. And he's he's wasting energy for Kawhi and Paul George by even having them out there with Lou. Exactly, because they're just running up and down court. Alan Crabb exactly. said it. Just running sprints. Exactly. And playing defense, but then you know, Paul George is a guy I think plays better when he plays. On both ends, I think Kawhi can just strictly play defense, 
at times. Well, he used to be able to. But when you just have guys just running up and down court and they're standing there for 20 seconds on the offensive end while Lou breaks down, you know, and shakes the lemon pepper on the wings, and then they go right back down on the other end and have to play hard defense for another 24 seconds. Yeah. They're just standing out there. You might as well let them sit. Yeah. But then they have no one to really fill that. They have no real small forward defender on the team other than those two. <laughs> yeah. So they, they end up, like, playing Jermichael Green as that a lot of the time. Or they, like, force Smart and Jermichael Green to be the three and the four interchangeable three, four. I mean, not Smart. Yeah. I'm sorry. Morris. Morris and Morris, Jermichael right. Green. Yeah. And it's just – and Morris – Morris is tough and he plays strong defense, but he's not a not a wing defender. No, he's not. He's not a perimeter defender. No, he's not. He's a guy – like, I don't mind him being undersized on certain bigs. Yeah. But he can't guard perimeter players. <laughs> yeah. And, and I want to give Montrezl a pass because I think he was – he probably got the worst of it as far as, like, having to go out there against Jokic a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, he's just overmatched. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he made dumb fouls, but like you said, there's no structure in anything the team does, so why do I expect Montrezl to be disciplined? Right, I really don't know what position he plays anymore. I don't know. He plays like and that three goes back five. to the their offensive system. Yeah, and do do him and Zubash ever on the court at the same time? No. And so that's bizarre because then he really isn't playing center. He plays like, you know, like a point forward sometimes, like you know a wing forward, and then there's no one in the paint, and that's where Beverly yeah. has to get ten rebounds all of a sudden, and it just. It just doesn't work. None of the things that their guys can do can consistently be successful. Yes. That's the that's the biggest thing. Like, okay, Beverly can get you 10 rebounds, but he'll do that like three times a year. And what does that what does that do for me? Nothing. Because he's, like, that that that, he's not that just tells He's not a good just tells me Right. That tells me that the rest of my team needs to get better at rebounding. <laughs> yeah, and Zubac isn't out there. The seven, like only seven-footer you have. Right. I don't care if Beverly gets 20 rebounds. I don't put him out there to rebound. Right. But let's get into Kawhi. I'll start, I'll start by saying this. This might be the ultimate episode I'm going to disrespect Kawhi. And I said I was going to last time, but this might be number one. And I'm going to start it with... Um, Mead saying Kawhi is an accelerated 3 and D player, an accelerated role player. I've said it multiple times. I'm going to keep saying it, and I'll give you some examples. Marcus Morris. He played for the Knicks earlier this season, right? Yep. <clears throat> when Marcus Morris, uh, his average, uh, his average is pretty weak, like 16 max. Uh, that's this year. Career average 12, right? But when he takes a lot of shots, he scores a lot of points. Role players, 3 and D guys do that. Marcus Morris, 19 shots, 38 points. 18 shots, 36 points. 17 shots, 29 points. 22 shots, 29 points. 3 and D guys, role players can get a lot of points. It means nothing. Jay Crowder, he's done it. 19 shots, 27 points. 15 shots, 30. It means nothing. 
it means nothing. When Kawhi goes out there and takes a bunch of shots, just because he scores a lot of points does not mean you can just give it to him and everyone get out the way and spread and he can take somebody one-on-one for the whole game. That's not the player he is. And if you need any more evidence, just watch the series again. Just watch it again. Plumlee was strapping him. Every time Plumlee's... Every time Plumlee switched on him, he locked Kawhi up. It was so bizarre. And I wasn't surprised, but it was like, oh, Plumlee got in his face on that one. Yeah. He takes tough shots. Anytime they put size on him, he looked he, he looked like just a guy who takes bad shots. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember PJ Tucker on Phoenix? Yep. 17 shots, 24 points. 18 shots, 23 points. 14 shots, 22. You can give any good 3 and D player a bunch of shots, and they're going to get a lot of points. And I, I think over Kawhi's career, that's been that's been what has happened to him a lot of times. On the Spurs, they just kept giving him shots. If he took 25 shots on the Spurs, he was getting 30. It just happens. He's a, He hits shots. He's a good shooter, obviously. But that does not mean... You're a good one-on-one player. All these guys I've named, Jay Crowder, P.J. Tucker, Marcus Morris, they're not one-on-one players. Am I right? You're right. So just because you can score a lot of points from easy shots or good shots or a lot of shots does not make you a one-on-one player. Kawhi is not a one-on-one player in this last game. I mean, anyone who guarded him looked like an elite defender. It didn't matter. It didn't matter who was guarding him. At least Paul George was missing, like open shots he wasn't trying to take anybody one-on-one and getting strapped a lot of times that's what was happening to Kawhi and he's had a good series obviously I mean Kawhi is the strongest he may be like physically the um the strongest player in the league to me like he just bodies anybody on offense I've never seen anyone take it out of his hands you know his hands are huge he's a physical specimen but for him to you know for the doc specifically to put the ball in his hands and to run a play where it's just get the ball Kawhi and everyone just watch watch what Kawhi go to work it doesn't it's awful it's terrible it's just it's it's ugly to look at that is not his game I don't know how many times I have to say it Toronto almost made it to the Eastern Conference Finals without him Siakam is second team all NBA and talk about who should be a Pippin it's Kawhi Kawhi is Pippen. They play the same. I mean, what was Pip, what was Pippen's best attribute? Defense. What's Kawhi's best attribute? I don't know the answer <laughs> to that. Well, it should be defense. Two times. It should be two-time defensive and, player of the year. But Doc uses him as like he's Kobe, or like he's Brandon Roy. It's like the. It's bizarre. It's terrible. And then, like I said, Paul George has to play the. 3 and D role, the Jay Crowder role on the team, and it's like he almost looks bored out there. Paul George looks bored so often up and down the court, and Kawhi is just playing renegade ball, taking 35, you know, 25 shots a game. It's just, the offense is just, it doesn't work. It's terrible. Then, like I said, you have Lou out there. Lou's running up and down the court. He only has the ball. And when Kawhi can play role player, oh, no, no. Lou, give the ball to Kawhi, and Lou, you play role player. When has Lou done that? He's not a catch-and-shoot shooter. 
He has to take that one foot fade to the left hand in his face shot that he takes that doesn't look like it should go in at all. Those are his best shots. He's a bad shot maker. He's a tough shot maker. Kawhi is not a tough shot maker. He's just not. He gets good shots because he's stronger. He's taller. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I view it. I view it a little bit different. So while I agree in a, in a lot of ways, to me he forgot what what he was as a player. Do you think he forgot, or do you think the team forgot? I think he forgot. Okay. Uh, like I said, defense. I mean, I wanted to kind of cover it as a team more, but I gotta I gotta get it out. Jamal Murray is waking up. He's not just waking up. He's seen, I think, three floaters go in. He's had a couple step backs go in. He's hit a couple tough threes. Mm -hmm. Jamal Murray is now hot. He's playing great. Mm -hmm. Kawhi, where are you? Kawhi, Kawhi, you're not scoring the ball. So so you do what, what Westbrook claimed to do? You run around? Dude, for, take him out the top five now. Every every NBA fan needs to take him out the top five right now. He's a diva. Off the top of my head, I want to apologize to uh, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Greek Freak, uh, Jokic, Joel Embiid. Uh, just Mitchell. off the top of my head. Obvious Donovan Mitchell. Dude, Kawhi has become an elite scorer. And I, I made the point a couple episodes ago about these, a lot of these players, like, they're not really complete players. They're, they're just elite scorers who do other stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. And watching that Game 7, is Kawhi not the pinnacle of what how limited an elite scorer is? Because he's not an elite scorer. <laughs> He thinks I'll he give is. him. I'll give him credit. Where we differ is, I think he is a tough shot maker. But, but my problem with him is he's a black hole, of course. and that's that's all he is. His when he sets up other guys, it's meaningless. It's never in important stretches. No, in important stretches in in kind of teetering games that are on the verge of either being won or lost. He does not see any other player on the court. And if he does, he always wants it back. Right. Always. And he's what he what I used to love about him is he was an elite three and D player whose offensive game got better, 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 better. Yes. I completely agree with that. But he's gotten to the point, and I don't know if it's the praise, I don't know if it's his selfishness. Uh, I don't know if it's Doc Rivers' awful coaching. It's a mix. But to me, he has his offensive game has emerged to such an extent that now he thinks he doesn't have to do anything else. It's a mix because you, you saw it on Toronto. I mean, he was good at being in a role on Toronto. He has no role on the Clippers. He's just like, you know, the go-to guy. But there's nothing else he has to do. Like you said, he has no other responsibilities. At least he doesn't but offensively, act like he does. Offensively, he's like he's become more and more of a go-to guy and less and less of a like a team basketball player. Mhm. Like he's and now that he's 
give, given up playing defense, apparently, because it's not just Jamal Murray that cooked them. Monty Morris didn't have a bad game the entire series. No. And Grant With Kawhi great. Leonard out there. Grant played great on Kawhi. Grant played great. And again, it wasn't just Luka Doncic who was cooking them. It was Trey Burke and Seth Curry. Yeah, who both hit shots and, on Kawhi. On Kawhi, exactly. Yeah. And to me, like... I don't understand how you forget that you can impact the game in other ways. Mm-hmm. That's what blows my mind about some of these guys. Like, dude, I've watched Jimmy Butler, and he's involved even when he doesn't take shots. Yeah. Even when he doesn't touch the ball on offense, he's involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, is Kawhi Leonard ever in a play where he doesn't touch the ball? On offense? On offense. No. Never. No. I don't remember the last time I saw him get, like, a good putback. Right. When was the last time he got a backdoor cut for a dunk? He doesn't because he already has the ball. I mean, I've seen James Harden get it this year. <laughs> Westbrook and, gets and, a lot of I mean, doors. James Harden is, like, the pinnacle of selfish basketball. And Westbrook gets a lot of backdoors. He's also the, right. you know, second tier. And it blows my mind. Dude, Kawhi Leonard is just off his game. He's the most selfish player in the league right now. Oh, for sure. And it, like I was I was always hesitant to kind of commit to him being like the most cuz you've been on it, you know, from probably over the last year. I'm two years. I'm a hater. You noticed it. You noticed it even when Toronto was winning playoff games. Yeah, they were winning it in spite of him. In spite of him, yes. yes. And that's what to me like he took Greek Freak out the series last year. And God forbid Jamal Murray's eating, I'm going to take the challenge and guard him. Of course not, no. But but not only that, you're you're not getting good shots, and you're complaining about guys being physical with you when all you do is bully through guys. That is his, that is his move. Right. <laughs> Just run somebody over. Right, like, all he does is, like, extend his arm just a little bit so you can't really tell that he's pushing off. Yeah. But then somebody touches him and he expects a fucking call. Yeah. Dude, I was disgusted with everything I saw from him. And to me, like a lot of the top players at their worst couldn't be as bad as he was. Right. To me, Middleton was better and he missed, it felt like every shot he took in the last game. And Middleton was infinitely better. Middleton was getting stops. Middleton was demanding the ball when the offense was running like trash. Middleton was trying to make plays. Yeah. I think Dude, Porter... Kawhi Leonard literally was running around out there. I think Porter Jr. affects the game more than Kawhi. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, Kawhi, to me, didn't just slip in the top player rankings. He dropped off the cliff. Let me clarify one thing. I don't think Kawhi doesn't have the ability to be a go-to guy. I definitely think he does. I think he I think he is an elite scorer, but I just don't think he should be. I don't think that should be his responsibility. Because I I agree with you. He has completely you know just uh ran away from every other responsibility on the court. He used to yes. be a really good rebounder. Yes. But my problem is when teams and even the media elevates him to being a go-to guy and just an elite scorer that is all he does and that's the problem i'm saying anyone can do can be an elite scorer if you just keep giving them shots 
that doesn't mean Kawhi should be doing that all the time. Yes. He should be being what he was, a 3 and D specialist, a score and D specialist. And that's fine. And that's what I'm saying. There's guys who can be 3 and D guys, and you get shots. You can still score points, Kawhi. You don't have to be uh, a 6'8", 250 Lou Williams because you're not. Yes. That's my and biggest you know, issue. You know what it made me realize is that the general NBA fan base owes Carmelo Anthony an apology. Oh, for sure. Because Carmelo was the scapegoat for, oh, isolation basketball is dying. Oh, you got to move the ball. You can't just hold it and kill offensive sets. He was the scapegoat. You're right. And his efficiency only dropped because of his age. Yeah. Dude. A number of the top tier players, that's how they play now. And the, the other thing is, when people do that who haven't played basketball, look at the team. Who else should be taking shots? Exactly. Look at the Knicks. Who should have been taking shots that exactly. Carmelo wasn't taking? Jeremy Lin? Ray Felton? Amari with no knees? Ray Felton? <laughs> no thanks. I mean, it's Jared Jeffries? So who? No thanks. So. Why wouldn't Carmelo take 40 shots a game? That's what we want. That's how we can win. There's no other way we can win. Either JR, Pablo Prigioni, and his, uh, you know, what did he have? Kidney stones? Come on, man. 40-year-old Jason Kidd, maybe? Right. Uh, didn't Mike Bibby go there at 39? Yeah. Like, uh, Baron Davis lost his career there. Yeah, come on, man. It, so it's like... Chauncey. When people do that, I'm like, okay, well, what other option is it? Because you... Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. In, in this case, he has a bunch of options. Kawhi has a ton of options he could be giving it to. But yeah, he does play ISO ball, and it does destroy the offense. And that's my problem is, like I said, even Melo at his most selfish New York peak. And and Melo was selfish to an extent. He ball hogged, for sure. He did. But Melo rebounded. He was, Melo was an elite rebounder. Exactly. Melo never was out there for nothing. No. Rebounded offense dude, and defense. Dude, the entirety of Game 7 I don't mind you shooting the ball poorly. That happens to every basketball player on planet Earth. Yeah. We've all but been when you are literally having no impact on the game, like, dude, Jeremy Grant had more of an impact. Paul Millsap. Get, oh, practically every Nuggets player that played had more of an impact on the game than Kawhi Leonard. A quote-unquote top five player. Yeah. In a lot of eyes, the best player in the league. Dude, you a lot don't of eyes even... Need to you, close their eyes. you don't deserve to ever be considered for that when all you do is score the ball. Right. And I'm sorry, until I see Kawhi strapping elite players, until I see Kawhi rebounding, until I see Kawhi making an effort to get... Paul George or Montres Harrell involved. I I don't care about his scoring. Right. Him and Paul George will never be a dynamic duo. Never. At least not with Doc. And that never. And I don't want to put it so much on Doc because I think more of it is Kawhi's mental case than it is Doc in Kawhi's situation. Not the rest of the team. The rest of the team is Doc's issue. But when it comes to the Kawhi situation. I think it's way more 
Kawhi than it is Doc. Because Ka- Doc isn't the one that when Kawhi passes the ball, Kawhi comes right back to get it. He doesn't move. He doesn't yes. go screen away. He passes the ball, and he like makes a little jab step and comes right back with his hands up. He passes the ball to Paul George with two seconds on the clock and came back and begged for the ball. Like, that's not Doc. So I, I can't blame that part on Doc. I think Kawhi is an energy cancer to this team. It's like no matter how hard Patrick Beverly plays or Reggie Jackson. Montrezl. Montrezl, no matter how much he swings on the rim. Reggie Jackson used to be a pretty nice energy guy. He used to come dunk on people and start screaming when he played with Westbrook. Yep. He looked dead the whole series. Everybody looked tired and everybody looked like they were just sad. And like I said, they did. It had no intensity. And with four guys, I consider I consider Beverly, Jackson, Montrezl, and Morris to be like, you know, in the top fifty of energy guys in the NBA. And Kawhi is probably negative, <laughs> you know, the top in the negative. To me. <laughs> Okay, I, offensively, I agree with you. I think Doc, I think Doc maybe was slow to notice the flaws, yeah. and he could have done more, you know, earlier on. But some of these guys are so set in their selfish and like, you know, limited ways that I do think it, it can't be all put on Doc. No, yeah, it can't. It definitely can't. But and, and this is probably my last thing that I want to get to. Where where I wanted Doc's job to be gone is the defense they played the entire game. Yes, let's get into it. I mean, what did you notice from their defense before I just unleash? Um, I think they have probably, and you know, I don't think Beverly is that great a defender, but overall, I think they may have like the best, um, at least four. Defenders you can put on the court at the same time, maybe. Yep. But yet, no one plays... Hypothetically. But they don't play one-on-one defense. Like, Paul George is probably the only one who I see, like, in Beverly... Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. And Beverly, you know, here and there... Beverly does it in stretches. Like, he does it to make a point, and then he just stops. But... He does it because the other player is just settling. Yeah. So... They'll play like real hard one-on-one defense, but then overall the team isn't playing one-on-one defense when you have at least the top two elite one-on-one defenders. That's the part I think is kind of weird. Like they play man-to-man, but no one sticks with their man. They don't get over picks. They just switch, and it's like, what's the point of having Kawhi if you're gonna switch the best player off of him every time? Or same thing with Paul George. Why? Why are you guarding? Why does he even bother guarding Murray if he's just going to switch and be on Grant for the rest of the play? Yeah, and that's. Uh, I mean, I thought defensively again they were awful in every way. Their their game plan looked like it was designed for the Nuggets to win. Mm-hmm. Where, as I mentioned, Jamal Murray gets going, none of my elite defenders are going to take the challenge. And if they are, they're going to get bumped off with any bullshit screen or any bullshit cut or any bullshit movement. So it's going to come back to Patrick Beverly getting cooked. Yeah. Like, it, it, it blew my mind. So then they were like, so you know what we're going to do? Doc freaked out because, man, Jamal Murray is just scorching hot. We got to stop him or we're going to lose. Uh, so you know what we're going to do is not only are we going to do a shitty job on Jokic... But we're going to let Jokic find everybody on the roster. 
Right. I mean, you look at the box score. Gary Harris got maybe five to ten good shots. Paul Millsap got five to ten great shots. Jeremy Grant got five to ten great shots. Monty Morris got five to ten great shots. Torrey Craig got good shots. Michael Porter got a couple good shots. Mason Plumley had some good opportunities. Right. And then that's that's not even, you know, mentioning the fact that Porter, Murray, and Harris don't need good shots. Exactly. <laughs> Which is bad. You know? But it blew my mind. At one point you could tell that the the Clippers were like, We're not letting Murray cook. We're gonna like double him, trap him. So Murray started hitting the Jokic as the role man. Jokic would get to the free throw line and have every option available. Uh huh. Every single option, because I don't give. I don't care if Montrezl contests his floater. What does that do? Nothing. He, the Clippers made Monty Morris look like an elite cutter. <laughs> He's like cutting great on them and getting layups. Him and yeah. Harris, and you know, Jokic finds him every time. He gets it at the elbow, high post. You know, yeah, he hits somebody with a bu- over the head pass. Yes, and in the third quarter, as they were just just losing the game and the Nuggets were just holding their nuts on them. <laughs> I mean, dude, Jokic would just get the ball and find an open guy every single play. Yeah. And I mean, dude, we made the knock on Jokic that he sometimes does either one thing or the other thing. Yeah. But one thing you can't you can't let him do his favorite thing, which is pass the ball. No, you can't. But like again, what what I don't understand is I I would I wouldn't mind if you're strapping Jokic and giving up shots to other guys. Mm-hmm. But Jokic is comfortable. Jokic has space to do anything he wants. In Game Seven, after he's killed you for six straight games, you overreact to Murray's hot shooting and forget to guard their best player, or maybe their most impactful player. Right. I mean, Doc, what the f... Again, and you're clapping your hands like y'all are playing well. (laughs) Doc, it's a 15-point blowout. It's time to make an adjustment. (laughs) He's clapping his fucking hands. Oh, Paul George hit a three. Maybe we woke up. No, you didn't. Right. No, you didn't, because Millsap is wide open every play. Grant is wide open the whole fourth quarter. Harris, wide open. And when he's not wide open, he's driving to the basket and getting open. And on the flip side, I think Denver did a great job by once they found out the two stars were shooting like trash, they almost like they ended up making them pass it and just just like settling to play just good defense on the others. Yes. It's like, you know, they were Paul George was still getting pretty good shots, but once he started getting bad shots and started driving, they're like, Okay, drive, we're gonna double you give it to someone else that's not good, Jermichael Green or Morris, and we'll just check him straight up. We don't need yes. to play any hard team defense. And, uh, you know, I think they did a great job with that. Yeah. Clippers and did not. You know what's crazy to me? I, watching that game one for Boston, I was like, man, this is what the, the Clipper defense should look like. Um, like they Boston's have a better or... roster. Like Boston's defense yeah. is what the Clippers defense should look like. Yeah, it should, yeah. They, and like, they have the size. I'm sitting there thinking – I'm sitting there thinking in the first game, I'm like, dude, the Clippers have like a better roster for this kind of defense. Yeah. Yeah. And yet game seven, you know, you're fighting for the season. No plan. 
No commitment to stopping anybody. Everybody's comfortable. The Nuggets run anything they want and get good shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was speechless. Right. I was speechless that Doc Rivers is clapping his hands. And Ty Lue's out there. Every time they're in a defensive play, Ty Lue's standing up and calling something to them just for them to get scored on. Yeah. Dude, they just collapsed. They collapsed from top to bottom. If Steve Ballmer's as good of an owner as, you know, we've been thinking that he is, he's got to make difficult choices. You think that's going to happen? No. I asked last podcast, do you think that this team makes any changes? I keep hearing people saying that they've heard that there will be changes, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, what will be available for them. Would you take George for Beal? As a Wizards fan, I know I mess with Wizards you all fan, the time about no. the deal trades. As a as a Wizards fan, hell no. But as a Clippers fan, please God, make it happen. Okay. But uh, to me, you don't think George me, like, and Wall would be good together? I like Beal more. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. I don't. Yeah, it's it's more that I like Beal than I hate Paul George. Gotcha. But, I gotcha. Uh, to me. I, I wouldn't be so quick to give up on Paul George. Me either. I mean, uh, we both said I, last I time he's... who, with, you know, given subtraction, who would be, you know, if you had to subtract one of them, which one would have the better the better team? We said it last time. Yeah. And to me, like, Paul George is, you know, is now, now the, repu- the, the, the knock on him is he's terrible in the playoffs. Right. That That is now a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think... He's still too elite of a player to, you know, give up on. I agree. Even with his b- poor playoff play, I still think he's a great, for a championship team, he could be a great second piece. Do you see any roles on the Clippers? None. At all? None. Now, on um, CP's Clipper team, Lob City, did you see roles? Everywhere. So, what happened? That's that's what I've been I've been sitting and you know watching the games and hearing commentary. I'm trying to figure out what happened. Is it that Doc is playing the roleless game to fit into the rest of the league? Is it the players? He has a bunch of guys who don't want to play roles. Is it Kawhi? Is it PG? What changed? I think the Clippers' roles were perfect. JJ, just take threes or nothing else. CP, control the game. Floor general, lobs. DeAndre, rebound and lobs. Do not do anything else. Blake, you can do everything. Catch lobs. Catch it on the wing. One dribble. If you get, you can't do it in one dribble, give it up. And that's it. Jamal. Yeah, and then the you, get, you get a wing defender. Yeah, and it didn't matter. Wesley Johnson, Matt Barnes, whoever whoever wanted to play defense. Karan Butler, yeah. Karan Butler, yeah. Even Bledsoe had a nice role on there. At one yep. point... Dude, Doc Doc just looked like he's been relying on his talent all year. Yeah, I mean, and the Celtics, great roles. Leon Poe, we've never seen Leon Poe again, and he played amazing. He probably could have snuck finals MVP that one year, the way he played. <laughs> he came in, was dunking on everybody, rebounds. Kendrick Perkins looked great, you know. Hit mid-range shots, I remember. Mid-range shots. Tony Allen was an elite defender. Eddie House played great in those years. I don't think he was on the championship team, but in those years, 
you know, he got Rasheed Wallace to play in his role, which was difficult but, for literally every other coach. But it comes back to your first point. He doesn't, he doesn't have as much responsibility because the leadership is taken care of. Yeah. So KG's setting guys in their place. Paul Pierce is setting guys in their place. Ray Allen, you know, is a top tier role player. Yeah. He also had elite point guards both those times. Right. And Rondo was, I mean, they, they found money with Rondo emerging as a top tier floor general. Yeah. Uh, but to me, this was the, the team that doc needed to set the, the leadership roles for these guys. And he didn't do any of that. Yep. Like we said, with Paul George, Kawhi is not a leader. He's not, I don't care what people say. He's not. Look at who the the leader has now is now and has always been Kyle Lowry on the Raptors. Of course, DeRozan doesn't speak to anybody. Of course, and I think DeRozan has gotten better as a leader in San Antonio. He absolutely. Like guys make progressions as leaders to me. Like I think Joe Johnson got better over the course of his career. He wasn't ever a good leader because he, he wasn't a vocal guy, yeah. but he made an effort to be. And by the time he ended up being a good leader, his you know his game wasn't as dominant as right. it was. But yeah, you're right. right. And so I, every, every player to me makes some kind of strides. Kobe had to make leadership adjustments. LeBron has had to kind of slightly alter the way he leads. D-Wade has... D. Wade, obviously. I mean, every great player. Giannis, Jimmy Butler, even the the guys who, like, I think are flawed. Embiid is kind of learning to lead. Yeah, Giannis got a long way to go, but yeah, he's up there. Dude, Kawhi Leonard is, like, learning to be more selfish. Right, and he was never a leader. It's like he got dropped into the leadership role. Like, it's almost like Doc assumed he was just going to come take over leadership, and he never did. Yeah. yeah. I mean... It, we saw what happened when Kyrie tried that. Surgical my ass, Doc. Kawhi is just a ball hog who can hit tough shots. That's all he is to me moving forward. Yeah. If they get, if they can get Kawhi to be a Pippen on the team, it's not going to be with Paul George. It's not. Because Paul, Paul George has like already settled for being a Pippen, yeah. even though he doesn't have to. He's settled to be it. And Kawhi is like settling to be Jordan when he should settle to be Pippen or at least you know um trying to think of like a just a good stack team at least just like the best player on a stack team like he was last year which is fine he was the best player on the Raptors by a long shot but the whole team had you know good leaders Van Vliet I think Van Vliet might have got robbed for the finals MVP that's fine I mean you know Van Vliet's a good leader Lowry's a good leader Siakam is getting more vocal i mean they had guys who communicated i don't see this team communicating their their communication is so bad lou and paul george had completely different ideas of the whole season (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's to me it starts with doc man lou thought it was championship or bust and paul george said no this wasn't you know it wasn't like that how do you two guys on the same team not both expect to win the championship or not both expect you know the same thing i mean the clippers sacrificed their future for this yeah they could get it i mean how many how many picks did they throw away Uh, i think it was five years of picks or four five 
half a decade of picks. Yeah, I think it was 21, 22, 23, 20. I think they switched the 23 and 25. And I think they had uh, maybe two 23s. I don't think they got 24 or something like that. But yeah. Half a decade of picks. For you to say that it wasn't championship or bust? Thunder, the Thunder might be crazy <laughs> in a few years. The Thunder got some, and um, yep. who else got the – did Denver get some? Because wasn't uh, Grant part of that? No, Grant was a, like a little bit before that, I feel like. Oh, okay. I thought Grant might have been part of the – I think Philly got – no. Oh, Grant was in the Westbrook because then um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Covington and – or whatever. I don't remember how it happened, but yeah, it was whatever it is. I know another team got a couple picks from it. Yeah. It's just wild to me, man. I think they collapsed completely and because it was in they collapsed in every way, your coach has to take that blame. Yeah. Completely. Yep. I mean every every other every other like superstar collapse or superstar choke it comes like it's the superstar playing bad like lebron in 2011 you couldn't blame spolstra because everybody else was playing well yeah so like lebron had to get it done he didn't get it done steph turning the ball over i mean steve kerr bitched about turnovers all year Mm -hmm. and and steph decided to throw the game away with being loose with the ball like you can't blame the coach for that but when you have no structure on either end and and you somehow make everyone look selfish. Yeah. That to me, like, how does your team look like every player out there is selfish? It seems like Marcus Morris takes too many shots. It seems like Jermichael Green takes too many shots. It seems like Patrick Beverly takes too many shots. And they take like maybe five. <laughs> yeah. If Morris is hitting, he'll take maybe, you know, 10 to 12. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, Doc. What is going on? Yep. Yeah, man. I do not understand. Steve Ballmer got a tough, tough off season. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Big time. Big time. What would be your move? Personally. I mean, I liked what you said uh, last episode as far as getting a point guard. Uh, doesn't even have to be a good one. Just a point guard. Yeah. Monty Morris would help him out a ton. Dang, Monty. Uh, a ton? A ton. <laughs> I got you. I'm not mad a at ton. it, they honestly. Need, I'm really not. Bro, they need somebody out there who like, who is a threat and who can kind of like move the ball when they need to. Yeah. And it, it just their offense is so trash. Nobody on the court for the Clippers ever seems like they're both. I think Devontae Graham would help them low key. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Gilgis Alexander yeah. would have been fire. Dude, Brad Wanamaker could help him out. <laughs> he wouldn't start, though, right? No, no, no. Reggie he, Jackson I... would start? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It's hard for me to I guess that's, picture. That's my question. Should they look for a starting point guard or a backup? And then if they do a backup, who would be the starter? I would look for a backup. Okay. Uh, and I would, 
I would play. I would start Reggie. Okay. Because Reggie is a smart enough player to kind of know what he's out there for. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, then then he's got to start, or he's got a guard starting point guards, which which I'm a little iffy on. But again, like none of these adjustments matter if Kawhi Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can't even bother to be elite defensive players. Right. That's one thing that, like, I was no matter how questionable their offense was, I thought when they would get to the playoffs, like individual talent would not be able to dominate them. Mm-hmm. I and did and too. Jokic, Jokic terrorized them. Absolutely. Jokic looks like he's gonna terrorize them for years to come. To be honest. Yeah. He when when he wanted to get ten assists, he got ten assists. When he wanted 30 points, he got 30 points. If he wanted five threes, he got five threes. If he wanted six post-ups, he got six post-ups. Yep. Anything. When he wanted some floaters, he got floaters. I mean, I just, I don't understand. Fundamentally, they got to change this, this individual basketball that they got going on. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Everybody just looks like individuals out there. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen a coach for an entire series have to beg his team to move the ball. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's that comes from uh, preparation, you know, or I mean, lack thereof. Lack thereof. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, let me go back to this one more time. Point guards. The whole coaching staff are point guards. <laughs> yes. I, bro, you have a coaching staff of point guards, and you don't. Use a point guard. How does he look at Cassell and Lou and say, you know what, guys? Let's not even play a point guard. Let's try it. Because cause Beverly comes out, and who comes in for him? Because Reggie Jackson only played nah, four minutes. Usually, like, Lou Will or, or... Yeah, usually Lou Will or Shamit. Right. And then they have no... no They have no control of tempo on the team either. And that's one thing. Point no. guards are elite. I mean, even guys... You were kind of like teetering, being good. Like Kevin Johnson played with Charles Barkley. He was a tempo master. Conley, tempo master. These guys, I mean, it's not even guys who are like that great that have to be, that are good at controlling the tempo. Dragic. Dragic. DJ Augustine is yes. great at tempo. Brogdon. Brogdon. I mean, you, you could go down almost every point guard at this point. Yeah, I mean, that. Every guy who is actually a point guard. Right. Yeah, and Brogdon has, like, gotten better at it. You know, he's learned it better. Like, more than the other guys we mentioned, um, Brogdon has learned it. Developed more into it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, I mean, Augustine had it in, like, high school probably. You know, those guys. Conley had it in college with Oden. Yeah. Even even Jamal Murray is getting better at it. Absolutely. And Morris Morris is in his genes. Kimba's in his jeans. Right. You know, guys like that. Come on, man. No one. And Reggie Jackson I, I just... is better when the tempo's out of control, but he's never in the game. <laughs> it just always I I never noticed how lack like how undisciplined Doc's teams are. But this series really just made it eye opening to me. Why did they waste why did they waste this season on Reggie Jackson and Joe Kim Noah? They could go help, actually help a team. 
You just have Joe Kim Noah looking like a homeless man on the bench. Why sign him if if he's not getting a chance? Not like, even a chance. Not a shot. Nobody's guarding Jokic well. At least Noah could go out there and hack the fuck out of him. I I tell you what, Noah would lock him up for at least two plays. You give him two, you give him fifteen minutes, he's getting two lockdowns, just two. But he's I getting two. It. I mean, they just don't even try. We're only gonna play Zubac twelve minutes. But guess what? Joe Kim, you're not getting in at all. Zero chance. Terrence Mann played really good in the bubble. And he never saw the floor. You know, I mean, it's just... I don't really get the lack of substituting in uh, in these playoffs. Especially when you're losing. After the second game... um, After it got to uh, 2... No, yeah. 3-2. I would have said, okay, let me try some of the other guys. I got the control of the series. You know, if they mess up, okay, we're going to game seven. But, like, you don't just say, you know, I'm just going to keep going with the same six guys for 90% of the minutes, even though we're we're getting beat. No respectable coach claps his fucking hands when his team is playing like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> even Mike Malone gets mad. Absolutely. Even and Mike Malone sounds like like he has no like you know, no kind of like dominance to his character to his attitude. Brad Stevens. He's... I mean, all the good coaches. Stevens. I thought McMillan did it. I thought Spolster does it a ton. Scott Brooks does it, and he's a terrible coach. Yeah, he does do it. And the Wizards don't play any defense, <laughs> and he still gets pissed off that they don't play defense. Same. I mean, the Thunder did it too at times. Would right. just disappear on defense, and you're just watching them blow three three straight leads, and all Doc can do is clap his fucking hands. Are you? Ah, oh, it made me so mad. Let me ask you this: Which team, in your opinion, I don't I don't want to say history because I don't want to go like that too far back, but maybe in our lifetime had like the perfect starting five lineup, in your opinion? Hmm. Just starting five and. and- NBA history? Yeah, not history. Just our, just our like watching basketball time. Because I don't want you to say like. This. I'll say I'll say uh, mid two thousands Detroit. Okay. I I think their starting lineup was it was just I don't know if it was flawless, but they played flawlessly together. The 04, 04, the 04 champions. Yeah, yeah. That whole like the six year run when they were in the conference finals every year. Yeah. 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 Chauncey Rip. Tayshawn, Rashid, and um, yeah, Ben and Wallace. Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I I tell you what. Well, I guess I'm asking. I'm not asking about players. I'm asking about like role wise. Yeah, Detroit was the first that. one that came to mind. Okay. I, San Antonio has had years where they've done that. San Antonio is good, but I didn't want you to say San Antonio. That's why I said only the starting five. Cause you have to pick, you have to put Manu and why their lineup was so fire. But no, but they had quality like lineups without Manu coming out the gate. But again, yeah, San Antonio, it was like select years, I would say. Like the Bowen year. Yeah, when they were more, especially early in the dynasty, when they were like defensive oriented. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought they had a good run with. Uh, 
I think they had a did, didn't go far that year, but uh, Roger Mason was starting for them. Yeah. Yeah, and playing really Roger well. Roger Mason and, was the Patrick and, Beverly of that time to me. It was weird that they made that work. But. The better shooter. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, and as crazy as this sounds, because I think I've been on here talking about how much I hate every player on this team, but I think OKC was really, really fire. The Thunder? The Thunder. Mm-hmm. Westbrook, uh, Cephalosha, Durant, Ivaka, and Perkins. I, I think that starting five with a big man who just rebounds and plays D. Only the first couple years. Yeah. The big man who just rebounds and plays D, a point guard who's athletic, who runs the floor, who's a good passer, um, you know, an, an elite scorer at the three. Cephalosha just plays defense. That's fine. Just plays defense and dunks. That's all we need. And he makes some shots. Sometimes, yeah. And then, you know, Ibaka is someone who could elite shot blocker, best shot blocker in the league at the time, but also can hit a jumper. Every once in a while. I don't see any team really right now that has a good starting five where I'm like, this starting five is like exactly what you want in a starting five. I think some a lot of teams make it work. I think Miami has a nice starting five that makes it work. Uh, makes it work, yeah. But um, I think the Nuggets are the closest thing. From what I've seen, their starting five is like exactly what I want in a starting five in today's game. Yeah, the Lakers should be the the best answer, but they don't. Like I don't know, it's either LeBron or AD that fuck it up a lot of the time. Yeah, but in their other guys, I don't have a lot of confidence in really anybody but LeBron and AD some nights. But they have clear cut roles. They do, yeah, yeah, they do. Um, I think, uh, and also Denver's ability to just switch a starter for Michael Porter Jr. at any position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two yeah. through four. All right, yeah. Michael Ford Jr., you're starting. That That's tough. I mean, same thing with Grant. If he doesn't start, you could put him at two, three, or four. I mean, they have so many, especially when Barton comes back, they're going to have so many options. If he you know, if he comes back, like, second game with Lakers, Lakers might be in trouble. I think the Lakers are in trouble, period. <laughs> yeah, how... Uh, what percentage chance do you think they have against the Lakers? High or over 50 or under? I'll say 40%. Okay. What would you think? Um, I mean, we might as well preview that now. What, what are you looking towards as far as like, uh, what do you think they need to do to win? What do the Lakers need to do to not lose and vice versa? Uh, Denver just needs to continue to like get comfortable with that balance, as I said, of everybody is involved and our stars are leading the show. Because mm-hmm. one guy they still struggle to involve is Michael Porter Jr., who should be the easiest to involve. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> my issue. Is like you can you can involve Millsap, but Porter Jr. can't get good shots. They just hate passing him the ball. <laughs> They really do sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but again, the Nuggets are so deep that they could be fine without that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm more I'm more concerned with what the Lakers are gonna do. What do they need to do to because win? Because to me, they have to they have to commit to stopping either Jokic's scoring or Jokic's playmaking. So because it's gonna be hard to do both. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I think they can't allow him. They can't allow him to create easy shots for everybody. So you're putting Denver in the driver's seat then. 
Lakers have to play defense to win, and Denver just has to do what they do best on offense. But I'm I'm confident that the Lakers' defensive peak is is dominant enough to beat Denver. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I'm just saying they need to, and the Lakers obviously they need to get out of that sloppy play shit that they like to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the Nuggets kind of slip up at times too, so it's kind of balances out. And, and LeBron has to be the best player in the series. That's likely. <laughs> it should be likely, but, like, it, they can't be letting Murray get 45, you know, in 26 minutes. Yeah. That's going to happen or, at least once, though. <laughs> right. And they can't, they can't let Jokic just get bucket after bucket. My thing is, I think the Lakers have to commit to having an inside presence this series. Which I think they will. I hope they will. But I, I think that they're not going to be able to just have Davis as a small forward and, you know, just everyone else surrounding him on the Nuggets. That's not, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think so. I mean, Davis could probably score enough that it looks okay. But I, I think that rebounding-wise, they're going to have a hard time. I think um, guarding the paint, you know, if... If one guy has to keep moving around in the paint, if Davis has to like go into end of the paint to uh, protect the rim, they're gonna get a lot of open threes because you know they have a lot of really good drive and kick guys. Even Monty Morris is. But that's to me, this is why I'm more confident in the Lakers is they protect the paint because the Clippers, you know, even when they play good defense, you don't fear anybody going to the basket. No, you don't. Like, yeah, Kawhi will block me every now and then, but I'll take the challenge. Yeah. Or at least that's how most NBA players seem to think from what I've seen. Montrezl, too. He may get a nice uh, block, but not worry about but it. But one thing one thing with the Lakers, you can't play that shit. That's if, that's if they use everybody, you know. I think, I think that's he if will. the Lakers are locked in. Right, that's what I'm saying. If they're locked in and JaVale and Dwight are locked into being defenders, yeah, they're, I think I think they have a good shot because – you know, them having to worry about Harris and Monty Morris getting in the paint and what they're going to do next, that's not a good look. We've seen it. It didn't even work for Houston, really. Houston just, you know, took terrible shots and had guys yeah. missing a lot of shots. But if if Harris gets the same shots Westbrook had, no, it's not, it's not yeah. going to work because he'll get 40. Right. And I, I said it. I want to say like 20 podcasts ago, I think the Nuggets have the most players capable of getting 40 in the league. Well, 40, I would agree. Yeah, just 40. I think, I mean, Porter, uh, Murray, Jokic, Barton can mess around and get 40. Harris can get close to 40 if you let him. I mean, and all those guys are legit 30-plus guys any given night if you're, you know, not ready. Yeah. And, um... You know, Lakers have two. I'm not saying that that's a problem. They have two guys who can get 50 easily. So, I mean. But they're two guys, when they're playing well, they control the game. Absolutely. LeBron, tempo, tempo elite. Yeah. Like, like Murray can sometimes make a lot of shots, but it doesn't, like, the Nuggets still don't get stops, so it doesn't really impact the game. Right. And, and that's probably going to be my last point is, I mentioned Murray was messy in the series a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. 
he can't, to me he cannot do that against the Lakers because if LeBron gets out in transition, if the Lakers get easy shots, now their offense is competent enough to keep up. Mm-hmm. Even and the Lakers are struggled to play good offense, but again they have two fifty point guys. Yep. To make up for a lot of those struggles. Yep. So you can't let them you can't let them get easy opportunities just off your sloppy play. Mm-hmm. I think if they control Davis and make everyone but Davis beat them, I think Denver has a really good shot. I think, I mean, if they isolate Davis to 20 and 10, uh, I'm taking the rest of Denver's team against the rest of, you know, the Lakers. They, if Let's say Jokic and AD completely, you know, points responsible for and all that, uh, cancel each other out I would take the rest of Denver yeah I mean but I I don't know man to me to me any any like thoughts I have on this series always come back to what LeBron is doing mm-hmm. uh, because he's such an impactful player at his best mm-hmm. like it's gonna be interesting to see whether he quarterback dominates or whether he just gets aggressive at times yeah because he's a guy when he finds that balance, the the, not, the Lakers aren't losing. Yep. All right, uh, you got anything else? Uh, no, man. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I got I got to say what I said to you when I texted you about the All NBA teams real quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> the All NBA teams to me are much different than the All Stars. Where All-Star, you should take the team's record, you should take the momentum of the teams going into account, I I think, at least a little bit. Because, you know, if no one sees a player all season, they probably don't want to see them in the All-Star game. Because it's something you watch, right? You want to see the most exciting guys, the guys that you see on TV going crazy. Um, But when it comes to All-NBA, I feel like the league has a responsibility to really get it right as far as who had the best 15 performances of the season. And I'm I'm sorry, but Westbrook and Siakam did not have the top 15 performances in the season to me. Westbrook's percentage was, he shot 24% from three. That's garbage. I mean... I mean, they they probably were sucking him because he had that uh, last month before the COVID where he was averaging like 30. Yeah, he played great. But, I mean... But Westbrook has fooled us with that shit, you know, almost every year. Every year. And he still led the league in turnovers. I mean, he still was top five. So, I mean... Bro, he's not getting used as much, and he's still turning the ball over the same. Exactly. And Siakam, I mean, Siakam played good, but... Did he play like the top 15 player in the league? No, no, he didn't. And you got guys like Bradley Beal who single-handedly carried the Wizards. Carried them. I mean, he averaged, he was second in the league in scoring 30.5 points a game. Yep. And that's what he does. He's a scorer. And, I mean, he had injuries. The team was trash. He was putting up 42s, 55s, 53s. You know, he was 43 he was going insane. Um, on what percentage? Forty-five percent shooting. Come on, man. Then you got Trey Young. 
fourth in the league in scoring, 29.6, a second-year guy. 29.6? Look at his roster. Nothing. Nothing. on Empty. 44% field goals on 36% from three. Also, he was second in the league in assists. People were all over LeBron this year sucking him, saying leader in assists at whatever age. Okay, look at his team. He has the second best... Maybe the second best player in the West. Who's on... Name me five players on Trey's team. It's crazy. It's crazy, again, like this this whole... If they're losing, it's the star player's fault. So we're going to knock them for not having, you know, a good... You know, a good team season. Right. And you're going to knock... But again, like, you have to look at the circumstance. You're going to knock a 6-2 second-year guy who's second in the league in assists and fourth in scoring? Come on, man. It's so disrespectful. And he doesn't make LNBA at all? So disrespectful. That's, I mean, it's it's insane, man. It's really insane. I mean, Donovan Mitchell had a year. Tatum had... I mean, Tatum made it, but, you know, Ingram... I think Ingram played as good as Tatum this year. And I hate Ingram. I think he played just as good as Tatum, and he carried his team to the playoffs. Just about. I mean, like, you know, I mean, Mitchell, we got, didn't make it. Booker didn't make it. I'm not sure if Levine should have made it, but I think it's just kind of messy where you have these guys doing everything they can for their team. I don't think Trey could possibly do anything else for the Hawks, that what he does. He averages 30, 29.6, and 9 assists. That's the only option. Yeah, there's nothing else he can do. He can't score. I mean, what's he going to do, score 50? He's 6'2". And he's already probably this... He might be the best shooter in the league, other than Lillard. But I mean, So it's like, you know, man, I just I feel really bad for those guys because I cannot imagine what else Trey could do for the team. Dude, it's like they get knocked for people literally not understanding the game. Siakam can miss games and Toronto will still win. If Trey misses a game, what's the score of the Hawks game? No matter who they play. They're not getting 100 points. <laughs> exactly. Tatum can miss games. Tatum could shoot terribly in the Celtics to still blow a team out. So what are you really taking into consideration? It's not the record because I couldn't tell some you. of the guys really don't contribute to the record that much. Ben Simmons made it and Embiid didn't. Come on, man. That just invalidates the criteria, <laughs> if anything. Gobert made it and Donovan didn't. I mean, it's just... It's just weird, man. I, that's all. That's all I had to say. I had to give those guys a shout out because it, it sucks. I would hate. I would hate because I was on teams where I had to do everything for. Shout out to my teammates. You know, I had to do everything for them sometimes, and I I can't imagine me doing the best I could and not getting any recognition by the NBA just because we don't don't have a good record. Yeah, just because I got to deal with, you know, all limited up-and-coming role players while Toronto's over there got their culture set, got their play style set. They have vets everywhere. They have talent everywhere. Yeah. Boston. But he's he's having a better year than me. Okay. Right. Tatum, Boston almost has four all-stars on the team. And 
Right. Like I said, Tatum can miss 10 games. They, they'll go 7 for 10. 7 out of 10. Like. God God forbid Trey Young couldn't defend and couldn't carry Atlanta to more wins. Right. At 6-2. How much? Right. 180? Maybe? If that. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. That, that just sucks. But that's all. That's all I got on that. I don't have anything else. Uh, I will say Damian Lillard's social media trolling after uh, yesterday's game was just just golden. I loved it. I, I loved every <laughs> second of it. <laughs> I, <laughs> CJ was great. It was great. Oh man, that was too good. Yep. Uh, Dude, his him him responding to the the clip of Paul George's backboard shot <laughs> looks like a good shot to me. <laughs> It was just perfect. Yeah, it was. It was great. Great. Um, that's all I got for now. You want you want to talk about the football games, the Monday night? No, I mean nothing special, right? Not not really. No. All right. Um. All right. For a throwback, uh, this is for <laughs> the eliminated teams. This is for the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back. Um, maybe we'll do these. Uh, a little more often since we'll probably need to talk more about the games. I don't want to miss like you know four games. Yeah, we'll probably we'll probably maybe like after three three games. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back and and see what's going on. Yep. All right. Until next time. Here's Tupac. Some for my godson Elijah and little girl named Corinne. Say the black of the belly, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I give a holler to my sister's own welfare. Tupac kids, if don't nobody else care. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. And when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. But please don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up. Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up. And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe. And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave em. Cause sister, you don't need And I ain't trying to gash up, I just call them how I see You know what makes me unhappy? that When brothers make babies and leave a young mother to be a pastor And since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman And I came from a woman I wonder why we take from our women While we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women, time to heal our women Real to our women. And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies. But keep your head Make a dollar out of 15 cents And start to be legit And still pay your rent
my body lost his whole family It's gonna take the man in me to conquer this insanity It seems the rain will never let up I try to keep my head up And still keep from getting wetter You know it's funny when it rains and pours They got money for wars but can't feed the poor Said it ain't no hope for the youth And the truth is it ain't no hope for the future And then they wonder why we crazy I blame my mother for turning my brother into a crack baby We ain't meant to survive cause it's a setup And even though you're fed up By your lonesome, thank the Lord for my kids, even if nobody else wants them. Cause I think we can make it, in fact, I'm sure. And if you fall, stand tall or come back for more. Cause ain't nothing worse than when your son wants to know why his daddy don't love him no more. You can't complain, you was dealt this hell of a hand without a man feeling helpless. Because it's too many things for you to deal with. Dying inside, but outside, you're looking fierce. While the tears is rolling down your cheek, your daddy You couldn't take it, and don't blame me I was given this world, I didn't make it And now my son's getting older 